Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of the Kick and Cover podcast. Um, today we have Ken Staley, Stanley. Ugh, can't, I can't enunciate today. Uh, with us, he is the special teams coordinator at Otter Valley Union High School in, in southwest Vermont. Coach, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No problem, Coach. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll talk about a couple different special teams things today. Uh, that kind of stuff you guys got to look at or do and your philosophy and stuff. So, um, But first, uh, you want to give coaches kind of a background on who you are and kind of how you ended up at um, Otter Valley? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I grew up playing high school football on Cape Cod, uh, on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, a uh, small Catholic school. Uh, I didn't have the size or speed or skill playing college, but um, uh, after college or in, even in college, um, I helped out coaching at a prep school. Um, the next year, I went to I moved back home on Cape Cod. Spent one, uh, two seasons with Monomoy High School, and then um, my final season on Cape Cod, I coached with Nosset High School, uh, coached by Bruce Strunk, who was a really good coach in Maryland. And I also he had on his staff um, Jerry Gordon, who uh, he came from Virginia. He's coached at colleges before. And um, even um, Keith Kenyon, who was a, a big-time Rhode Island coach, he had coached at NASA previously. He was a special team coordinator. So that was that was a big step up when I went to NASA. That was like a real live high school football program. And uh, and then the following year, I got a teaching job uh, in Vermont, uh, moved out to Otter Valley, it's, uh, southwestern Vermont, if it sounds desolate, because <laughs> it is. Um, and like a lot of special teams coordinators, uh, you know, you're the younger coach or whatever. Okay, you're not coordinating. You're not doing this. You're not doing the defense. You're not doing JV. All right, you're doing special teams. So I was happy. I was um, excited to do it. I'm, I wasn't a kicker or anything. So there was stuff to uh, learn. Um, and so last year was my first first year doing special teams. And uh, like I said, uh, there was some triumphs. There were some failures. So I'm but, uh, you know, I'll tell you some things that I think, how it went, and then, you know, obviously jump in um, when you can. So I'll start it like I start off our um, our practices. Um, so we do special teams, like all special teams coaches. We only have a limited amount of time, so we got to gotta get the reps, got to get people going. It's the beginning of practice. We're trying to get people energized. Um, we do kickoff. I prefer... I prefer kicking from a hash. I like, I was taught by Coach Kenyon at NASA. He always kicked on a hash. He had four on the short side, six on the long side. And he said, if we're going to, if we're going to get beat, it's not by them taking it to the wide side. If we're going to kick it to one side. Um, I like that because it gets them going side to side. Um, and I went to a special team clinic 
right before the pandemic. And that was a big, that was a big principle that um, Iowa State head coach had. Get people going side to side. Don't let them, um, you know, go right down the middle. Get them moving laterally. Um, we have gone five and five. I just prefer side to side. Tell my kid, put it on the left hash, kick it all the way down there. Um, and then you can kind of play with it. You can kind of have maybe your four stronger players. Um, we only have 25 kids in our program, so everybody's doing everything. Uh, there's, if you can get a kid a blow, great. Otherwise, you're putting a freshman who's going to be uh, running downfield with his hair on fire, and he's not going to necessarily break down. That's that's one problem we had, or I had, is you know we get I, you know maybe pick a freshman who had been working hard on the scout or something like that. And uh, one thing going on over a breakdown is again those young kids. I one thing we try to drill, and this is this isn't any defense or offense drill. Is like a shimmy drill. Uh, or that's what we call it, uh, breakdown or buzz the feet. Um, so I'll, I'll even do that before I'll put everybody on the field, get them almost after stretches, and then one whistle, they're running. Second whistle, they're shimmying. So who can, who can run fastest, the quickest? Like who can get that spurt but know when to cut it down, know when to break down, know when to buzz your feet or shimmy um, and be in a good stance? Um, I always like the inside foot up principle when you're breaking down. Um, that all said, if, if you look at some of my film, we, I, we got kids just running downfield. They get the, and the ball here is coming up and the ball here, makes one, one move. And it's, it's, but so like, but like I said, I like to play with it. Maybe put my stronger players on the left side. Um, those kids that you're really, their practice plays, you're just trying to get them on special teams, maybe put them over on the side, um, the long side, and just get them going side to side. We didn't give up. But we did, I did, My first year, we did not give up a uh, uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, sometimes they got to the midfield. Depends on your kicker. Um, we had, you know, we had, it's Vermont. We have kids join the team. Our kicker joined the team week four. So, and he had a boot, so he was going to do it. Um, that's just the way it went. Um, but yeah, and then moving on to um, kickoff return. Uh, I'm a big fan of double teams. Um, I think in the NFL, that's actually, they outlawed it. I'm not sure. If, I'm, don't quote me on that. But um, I, I actually went up to a high school official and I asked, what's the deal with double teams on uh, kickoff, kickoff return? And he said, yeah, that's fine. So, um I'm a big fan. Uh, it's just called double R3. Uh, when we get it, we want to go one side or the other. Um, obviously, if they they kick it to the side, we're not trying to go. It's a little bit um, – that's a little bit troubling. But otherwise, we want to double um, maybe the third. If they're five and five, we want to double the middle guy. And uh, I'll, tell, I'll tell a little bit of a story. I wish I had the clip, but don't worry. That's my fault. Um so we were playing a team. Uh, it was week two. Our returner had one. He took it to the house week one. And so I'd seen from our week two opponent that they had a young kicker. He couldn't really get it all the way down. He wasn't. He was kicking it to like the 30, 25-yard line. So I took my main returner and I moved him up. And he's like, Coach, what, what are you doing? I, I took one to the house. What are you doing? I said, no, I'm telling you. And they do what we do. So they kick it to one side. They have four and six. So I said, no, that he's going to kick you a 
pop up and it's going to come right down here. The double T, I even said to the kid, if, if it's a short kick, the double team's off. We're man on man. Fortunately, first play of the game, it was, it was one of my shining achievements as a coach. It's a pop-up. The kid knew, okay, double team's off. I'm getting the free free runner and short kick. Kid takes it. He just weaves in and out. Uh, took it straight down the left side and then and then got lateral and got to the house. So uh, that was one try. That was, um, you know, like I said, I, it wasn't because of a double team, but I like the way the kids picked it up where, you know, if it's short kick, now one of a uh, person who's supposed to be blocking now has the ball. So I got to go get the free defender. Um, so I, I was, I was, I was proud of those kids. They picked it up. Um, other things I've experimented on with return last year, we did middle bounce. Uh, I've just seen that on Twitter. Um, basically you're not blocking either the, the widest guy on either side. So the bolt, you know, and you, I, I you look on film, make sure they're not the bullet, make sure they're not the guy coming straight in, but those contained guys don't even block them. Um, just get your double team on the middle guys. Uh, you can play, you can do two double teams or one double team. Um, and that's, and then you got to know that the team's going to kick it in the middle. Um, that's something I, I forget what team, but it was something I scouted. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but, um, scouting for specialty it's actually i find it easier you know there's only so many special teams plays in the game you know you just when you do odk you just look at the kicks and you can kind of get some tendencies is that is that something you do or there's some there's some of that some of that is, i mean my like punting i'll use punting for example like punting i i i just set that that uh kicking sheet on fire uh because high school punting is just so dang erratic um, kickoff, like for our kick return against their kickoff, usually, or at least you can see a trend throughout the year. Usually, your worst ones like the first two weeks, kind of eh. Um, but that's also usually week ones when people are most emboldened. Um, in, in general, um, but you, I mean, you kind of go. So, I mean, here's the, a lot of coaches from my experience won't change what they what they do, at least formationally, like. Their punt formation is not changing year to year. Their kickoff formation ain't changing year year. Now, how they kick or where they kick will probably change based off their kicker. Uh, their punt return, for the most part, ain't changing. Uh, that I mean, if anything's going to change, it's probably going to be that. Field goal PAT, field goal block aren't changing. Uh, field goal PAT, I mean, the only ones you where you have differences are the swing and gate polecat teams. Um, but you, you know who those guys usually are. Um, am I missing one? All kick returns, all oh, they all just stay. I mean, I'm I'm probably the one I, I'm probably one of the few that will actually change consistently. Um, whereas most guys are just going to kind of keep it the same um, from year to year. But also, a lot of those other schools in our area, either the head coach runs it, or he determines what the special teams coordinator is going to run. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's yeah, that's kind of what I you know, um, like. One, one thing I, I, I picked this up from a clinic uh, a couple of years ago is um, just the general formation. Uh, you see the college teams, they'll put, instead of putting five up front, they'll put four. So, and I remember somebody asked in the clinic and they're like, do you, do you worry about onside kicks? And the coach is like, ah, oh, no, that'll, 
no, no, no. They never do it. No, you'll 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 fall on it. You got four guys up there. You'll be fine. And uh, what do you know? We're playing a team, and all of a sudden they pick a hash to kick it on, and I only have four guys up there, and they had a heck of an onside kick. And you know, you know, that was uh, that was. I guess you know a failure for me. They they recovered an onside kick, took advantage of us only having four um, in the front line. So when you get burned like that, it doesn't matter that you learned it at a clinic or that the college coach did got all these great stats. You know, I'm putting five up there. I got to cover my butt. You know what I mean? Uh, so I, you know, as a first year coach, I you know you got to be care um, not careful, but it was it was that stung uh, giving up the onsides. Uh, Given up an onside. Uh, what do you do? What do you do for kind of hands team? Is there anything specific? Uh, we use like the old school. Like I, I mean, I've toyed with some stuff, but I mean, from a hands team perspective, I've used, I, I've kind of just used the old like every other like that dot that half like five in the front, five in the back, all angled off each other. Um, I mean, I don't think in two years as a special teams coordinator. I think we've had to use it once, and I think they kicked it deep. Um, you prep it every Thursday, uh, but that's about the, usually the extent of it for me. I mean, we'll do something, usually like at least one or two camp days when we install it. We'll do a lot of like squib drill and stuff like, and onside drill for those guys, for those key guys, so they kind of, that's kind of our install for that. Um, I know colleges do a bunch of, like a vastly different one. I forget how to explain up like it's, there's like six in the front, like two in the back, and then one adjuster usually, um, or vice versa, because um, they're they're more thing. I mean, because in college you, you get the kid that's more willing to just go and go whack somebody in the face um, when they run over there instead of trying to get the ball. They're going to try to whack that front level guy. So in college, really, your front level guys become the um, unless it's kicked right to them, a blocker, and then that those like back to that side will be the ones that get the ball. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, and there is anything Do you like going back to film, is there those surprise onside kicks? What, how do you kind of handle those? I mean, is um, it just, I don't, we don't see it too often. I mean, I, three years ago, my first year here when I was the code DC before I became the special teams coordinator. Um, Tecumseh did that week one against us, but I mean, felt, I mean, I, from film study, I know most of our guys, on what they'll do and um, the odds are, if I feel like it, I'll, I'll creep people up if I'm sensing something. Um, but I mean, I don't. I, I I mean, we were a four-two most of the season. Uh, we were five five man like the last two weeks. Um, but that's because those two teams we were playing, um, they were teams that squibbed and onside a lot. That was kind of our adjustment. Um, yeah. Beaver, Beaver Creek the last week of the season, I knew that they essentially kicked onsides or pop squibs every time they kicked off. I also knew there were signs because you could see the dude signing on film. Like, the film they sent. Like, I mean, you can see. That, my buddy played him two weeks ago before, and he knew who who was, who was the special teams guy was, and he told me who it was and what to look out for. Like... He's like, if you get this or this, that's what they're doing. If they do this, that's what they're doing. Like, it's all, like, not hard to figure out. Yeah, yeah. I know one team we used to play every year, and we had a kid transfer over from the school. He goes, watch where the coach stands on the sideline. That's where he wants it squibbed. He wants it on his sideline, and he'll stand, you know, on the 40 or the 50. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, that, that, I mean, that's you know, I was happy we got two touchdowns returned, um, and then you started seeing teams when our kid, you know, he brings back two touchdowns the first two weeks that now they're now they're kicking anywhere but to him. Um, so that you know, yeah. it had to make an adjustment. So that was um, that felt good. But um, like I said, you know, the, I mean, you go up an onside. I mean, they're giving you know the other team just scored touchdown and then they get an onside kick. Not a good feeling, but. Um, and then I'll go over. I, I watched the coach Trotta uh, when you had Coach Trotta on. He's a dude. He, he literally is. He, I mean, he's smart and really good at what he does. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, John Carroll College. Um, and and not that I don't disagree with this, but you know, he would talk about how everything was pump block. It was a pump block philosophy. We don't call it pump return. Um, so when I came into our our Otter Valley. I was, you know, I was, all right, let's go pump block. Let's go get it. Let's go send the guys, you know, send a, send some bullets or whatever. Um, I guess the year before I had been there, they were up two touchdowns, fourth quarter. They're getting the ball back. The other team's punting to them. They pick up a roughing the punter uh, penalty, roughing the kicker. And, and my head coach, you know, you know, you know, your special team guy, you still answer the head coach. And he's like, I don't want, I don't want us going after any more punts for years. You know, he's, that's, I just want the ball. Um, so we're, we're careful about, we do it unless I know we can do it. Um, you, we're just looking to get the ball back. I put two guys back there. I'm worried about a fake. Um, one thing I've seen in college, I saw another team do it is, you know, you got your two split ends, but then they have a slot and the slot hides behind the split end goes in motion. Um, that's just something I've seen. Maybe something I'll want to do on punt. Um, but I mean, this, we're worried about a fake. We're worried who's the eligible numbers. Um, you know, do they have tight end? Are they, you know, um, we're just looking to get the ball back. Um, I don't know what your punt return philosophy is. Oh, I, mean, I am I am full swat it down and in the face. I mean, we didn't have any this year, but I think I did a poor job at prepping it this year with COVID and all that. Year before, we had two or three. We had two in one game and still lost that game, which sucked. Um, that was a whole other disaster. Um, but yeah, we had two or three the year before. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head which one. Um, no, I, I, I'm all about pressure and either forcing a bad kick or a block. I, and I've had, had one roughing the roughing the punter in two years. So I mean, okay, I think all I, right. I think it's more about technique and angles. You get you get the roughing when the kids don't understand the angles. That's that's what it is. I mean that that's the biggest thing. If, if I mean that's again where you got to talk block points. And if you're, if you're, uh, like I said, angles, block point angles. I mean, what's the angle trajectory you got to take? And um, when, when rushing and based off where you are in the pump block. I mean, we would put uh, eight or nine on the, on the line. Now, is that always the answer? No. Um, and what I adjust, if I felt like a team would be, um, had some fakes in the bag, yeah. But I've had a team run a fake on me in two years. I mean, my, my honest philosophy is if, if teams that most teams that when they see pressure won't run a fake. Um, really, okay. I, I generally believe that from what I've seen. Um, but again, if I think so, I'll adjust. I mean, I can always just bring pressure from one side and drop, still drop two or three. Um, but I'm my, I, I'm also big on numbers. Okay, five on four. Four and three. I mean, how can I get numbers advantage on you and try to get somebody unblocked? So, 
now do you have people's like if they're like do you assign is it like a man like i do man coverage so it's like it's just you have the two guys back deep so that, that's like your cover two and then everybody's manned up underneath just in case there's a fake i mean is that something do you no, have like, no i i i mean we'll, we'll we'll i so far i've only put one guy deep um i'll have my two two guys that deal with the gunners and then i usually like leave one I mean, unless it's a rugby team, like a rugby team, or they have some like we- really weird formation, I might leave two out of the rush. Um, but I usually have a backside guy for Katane, and then, like I said, I'll have like uh, if it's if I don't if I'm not going full rush mode, I'll have one just kind of about five yards off, and I'll, he'll have a key that he'll need to keep an eye on. Like this is who we're worried about this week. Um, he's my adjuster. Usually, it's one of my smart kids. Usually, it's like a linebacker. Um, okay. Yeah. Historically, because um, usually, usually I'm sending my safety corner kids because they're they can run. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, like we were we were in a playoff game. <laughs> like I said, my head coach is still like affected by that, and he's like, we're not going after it, but maybe you know, I'll, you know, more time passed on. Like you said, I think that was a big point when roughing. So that's. Are you saying that roughing is more likely to occur when they're coming straight on as opposed like when you're going for an yeah, angle? Yeah, and, and like and like because I listened to it's also I mean there's 18 different philosophies on how to have your hands one hand two hand yeah I'm not yeah. I'm not gonna get into that but yeah I mean you need to understand the angle so you're not like ramming right into the middle of the kicker like I, I I'm coming across the front of him. Or off to the side and getting my hand like because I, I remember listen who was it I think it was Cincinnati University at our state clinic last year and he and they, his big thing was one hand and especially if you're um, like an inside guy you're running pretty much right by him with your hand here um, whereas if you're an outside guy you're here coming across I mean it's again it's all angles and it, I mean I I again I've not seen it in two years. A roughing okay, yeah. the punter. Um, but also, you, you, I mean, kids need to understand situations. I mean, if you know you're not going to get there, run by them. Like, like you'll know. If, if, you, if, they, if they get a hand on you, you're not getting there. Like, you're just not. I mean, if they have decent operation time. If they're two seconds or less, they're, if somebody gets a hand on you, you're not getting there. It just ain't happening. I yeah. mean, you're not. If, it, if their operation times is more than two seconds, you you have chance, um, but there's not a chance. I mean, that's where if their operation times two seconds or less, you get to be essentially an edge guy getting there. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, all right. So we didn't return anything for a punt, but it, punt return definitely went better than uh, my punt team. So and this is. So it was a whole saga. I mean, doing punt. Um, at first, I wanted a quarterback doing it. Then it was like, well, do we really want the quarterback punting? Um, I liked it for fakes and stuff, but when I realized that we weren't probably going to fake it, I, uh, I, we used just our most athletic kid. Um, and it was like, so we struggled with the snap. We struggled with our punter, like you said, operation time. Um, our punter was, he was too close. He was at 12 and 13 by the end of the season. We, we, we got better with our, my head coach helped me. We got him at 15. Um, 
I use a shield. I do the one where the he's standing, one guy, you know, three guys, one guy's here, he's sideways, and then he closes. Um, but one game, um, I was on the other side of that. We won a game, but we had two punts blocked. If we had a third, I, don't, I think I was walking home. Um, and we took a look at film, and it was just simply – our guy's not doing 1,001, 1,002. It was, it was just snap, I'm gone. And that's the easiest. You're going to get your uh, punt blocked. And we had, we had two blocked. Like I said, our punter was too, too close. Um, uh, so, and, and, and like, like I said, we just looked on film. We told the snapper, hey, you know, we know you want to get downfield, but we need you to stay in and block. We didn't give up any punt returns, but just giving up those punt blocks, I mean, those, you might as well just go for it at that point. But, yeah. Uh, well, that's um, when you start getting that problem, that's, that's where quick kicking it can be a more beneficial thing. Put him at eight, put the quarterback at eight, and just let him quick kick. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of why I wanted to have the – initially, I wanted to have our quarterback. He had he had an ankle injury, so then it was like, all right, we can't use him. I mean, it's, especially you know, it's, when you got 25 kids, you just kind of pick it out. Um our punter had good hang times. So he, he he's not the best punter, but uh, and it like I said, the operation time was not our snapper. He didn't snap it the way he's supposed to. He just kind of did our own thing. We actually one of our coaches is a, he was a long snapper in college, so I kind of leave. You know, that was just kind of the kid being obstinate, defied, just shooting it back there. But um, you know, it wasn't too bad. Obviously, oh, and then we later in the year we had a uh, snap go over the head. So, like I said, and that goes back to if your technique isn't good, you know. Well, that's, that's like I start pre-COVID. Um, we I had I had brought, I was bringing my long snappers in uh, one morning every week to work stuff because I mean we get days I mean we get time in the off season where we can pull seven aside. So I bring three or four in. We do some drills to warm up stuff, and then. Um, then we would they'd get some snapping in in the morning. We'd work on technique, and and our long snapper coach this year was pretty decent. Um, he he did a good job dur- during the season when he during the summer when he's finally able to get there. But I mean that's always one of my emphasis is is getting them and the punter ready. I mean I mean we 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 worked on snap snap and at least kick punting steps. We don't punt every day because you're just gonna wear out your kicker. Um, but the snap to punt. Um, Exchange and then dry kicks for the punter, virtually every day. And, and then last like two weeks we didn't, but like most of the season, like I said, there are, there are always their goals two seconds or less. That's always my big thing is, I I put my punter about fourteen, um, fifteen for a high school snappers can always be a little, a little much, okay. and even fourteen maybe a little much, but I I feel comfortable at fourteen, fourteen and a half somewhere in there, um, but. Um, I think that, again, that's my overarching, it, it, even during two days, even during camp days in the summer, it is snap and dry, at, at least dry kicks, if not actual punts. Um, that way they can get a, get a rhythm and work on it. A lot of times I would stand there with a timer and say, that sucked. Do it again. That's, that's good. There you go. Better. Or if it, even if it's still off, if it's better over the previous time, okay. A lot, of, a lot of things is what they don't understand, high school long snappers, is how much of a hip-oriented activity it is, hip and upper body. Uh, short snapping is just 
essentially hips. Whereas, as, oh, actually, that, I said that wrong. Short snapping is essentially just upper body, whereas long snapping is a full body movement. Because, I mean, you literally should initially move backwards as a snapper if you do it correctly. Like, you should lose ground from how much, you, how hard you should yep. snap. Um, but, I mean, that's that's the thing they don't understand. That's why, that's why, especially for, like, long snappers, squatting, deadlift are such important exercises to build strength. And, honestly, actually, my favorite one's front squat because I'm not a big back squat pers- person anyways, but I love front squats because it works your core, doesn't create back problems like a back squat does. And it hits all, and it hits all the same movements as as uh, back squat. Outside of it, works the core more, which is good for your snappers too. No, yeah, no, that's that. Thank you for that. No, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And uh, like Coach Trotta said, you know, if you're doing a drill or something, get the snapper, get your punter. They don't have, and like you said, don't wear out your punter. Um, but uh, don't wear out your punter. They should be snapping. They should the punter should be uh, catching it, and doing his steps. Uh, so, um, and and one thing I'll do, just getting back to punt block. Uh, one, I just picked it up when I was a uh, team manager at Springfield College. Just get a volleyball, soccer out. I'll kick it, and then just get the kids. Um, like you said, used to that angle, used to feeling it, used to get them acquainted with blocking it. Um, all right, so and then so that was that was punt team, and then PAT. Uh, that you know, I mean, like you said, short snapping. Um, I mean, you know, we had I had a, I had a good you know uh, former soccer player. He could kick, um, pretty you know pretty consistent with extra points. We didn't you know if we're if we're down there, we're in the red zone. We're gonna go for it. If it's fourth and three, we're not going out and kicking it. Um, you know, we did have a we had a bad snap. Uh, part and part of me growing as a special teams coach, we had our long snapper get hurt. So then we had to bring in the other kid, and you know he you know he gave it a ground ball. Um, so that, I mean that's big in a playoff game. You know when you get into the playoffs, um, even in Massachusetts, that was a, a one coach told me that when you get if you're trying to win a state championship, you got to kick extra points consistently, and. Uh, so that's so I you know I think PAT is something you can do every, you know that should be not every day but I mean that's got to be taken seriously that's a part of practice. Um, we'll have we'll have kids going up against our punt team. We'll offer you, if you block this kick, you'll get a reward. Have time to go off sides, but I mean if we you know that's uh, that's how I usually conclude special teams. Um, you know, if kid makes a twenty yard kick, everybody's jacked up, everybody's excited. You know, the rest of practice. Um, so that's always, I mean, that's, that's how I do things. Um, I'll get into drill. Like, uh, I went to a clinic, I went to, um, clinics this past year and I went to all the special team stuff. So I got all kinds of drills. Um, but really like, I mean, that's how I talk with you is how we go through our special team practice. You know, it's not, it doesn't get too dry, but it's, you know, we have to set the tone for practice. Some days are, like I said, worse than others. Some, sometimes the kids, you know they're down uh, you gotta find a way to excite make it exciting um, like I said we'll we'll give a reward if you go in and you get by and you block a kick uh, in practice we'll, we'll give you some we'll give you free Mountain Dews or whatever um, oh and then uh, we, 
defending the PAT, you know, I, I'm guilty of not really seeing it and understanding it, but the polecat swinging gate, um, one team, and I just give them credit because they were, they had three different versions. They had their three different plays out of that set. They had a long snapper who was eligible. He wore, you know, number five or one or something. You got um, six other guys on the line, two guys behind him. And uh, so, that you know, they uh, first time they did it, snap, holder, just threw it to, uh, threw it to the snapper. And we just weren't, our kids weren't ready for it. I wasn't even ready for it. Um, they kind of did, I want to say they, they just ran the ball at one point. I think they did a Tebow jump pass, or maybe that's what I'm referring to with the holder. Uh, swinging gate, and somebody had to, I, you know, I, I asked their defensive coordinator, how do we handle this? What do we want for numbers? You know, just eight and three and have everybody sign. What, I mean, do they do swinging gate? No, how um, we did not. I never saw it in Massachusetts. I, 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 Xenia would used to do it occasionally, but they wouldn't do it every week. It very uh, Beaver Creek, who we saw this year, did it. Uh, it. The biggest thing is match numbers. Um, that's the biggest thing. It, it also depends on how they line. I mean, there's eight thousand ways to line up in polecat um, or swinging gate, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then there's eight thousand different fakes. I mean, it depends on how many you had. We had enough film on Beaver Creek. I mean, they ran like five different fakes. Um, out of it, and they could go both directions. So I mean, they had a shuffle, a pass, speed option. Uh, I mean, they had all kinds of stuff. So um, like I said, the biggest thing is, especially where like the linemen are, match numbers, um, and and then you always want to be plus one, usually in about the middle of the field. And then obviously, if they have a solo guy, just match up with him. I mean, it, most of the time when you match up in some sort of like press, they typically won't throw it. Typically, I'm not saying they won't ever, but from my experience dealing with it over 10 years, I mean, that's, it's, again, it's usually one, it, that's usually one-on-one, and then it's 10 on 10, the rest of the field. I mean, that's really is. And then is it long snapper eligible? Most of the time he is. So be aware of that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, again, depending on how they line up, there's a bunch of ways. I mean, the best thing I saw them do that I'd never seen before is they ran a shuffle pass out of it. So they fake speed option to the lineman uh, to the left, uh, that tied into that side run a corner, and then the lineman and the back would stay would essentially run like reach underneath back to the towards the long snapper, and he could either speed option it, throw the corner, or uh, pitch the shovel underneath. Um, it's actually I mean those are some of the best stuff I've seen in terms of polecat uh, pole swing gate stuff. So I mean, the biggest thing is match numbers and just be physical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, you know, that I, I think that was that was our week four game, and uh, it makes me want to. Some other schools did it. We, you know, they all for some reason they all do it out here in Vermont, um, and it makes me want to put it in for our team. Just so you know, a I think it's great. I think it's you know it keeps everybody on the other team on their toes, and then I think by us doing it, we'll be able to teach how to defend it better. Yeah. Um, so that's and everybody understanding their responsibilities of. And um, so, I mean, that's a thought I have for that because we got hurt. I mean, it was 16, you know, instead of it being 14, nothing, it's 16, nothing because we couldn't figure out how to defend that. Um, and, you know, like, it, you know, it's first year special teams coach. You got to you gotta wear it and try to understand and help the kids. Um, 
Yeah, I mean the big, I mean the biggest thing that my, my buddy does, and he was on episode one of this podcast. Um, he talked. I mean, he he has a huddle playlist of every swinging gate polecat he's ever found, whether it's people he's played, the NFL, the college, other high schools throughout the country. He has a, an entire playlist of just swinging gate stuff, and he shares it with all the players so they can just kind of see them. Uh, and he'll sort them in his own way. Um, but he has it, so if it, and then he's got drawn up drawings of how to defend each. Um, so he, he's prepped. I mean, he's prepped. I mean, that's one of his biggest things um, for defending it. Yeah. No, I mean, and that uh, other things I've kicked around the tires for just to kind of wrap up special team. Uh, we um, looked at maybe doing a super spread. Um, our offensive coordinator, he played. He played at a school like he played at our school that we play, and they do super spread. So he's big into that. Um, I'm just not sure. You know, you got to really commit to that. That's not something you put in just one week to try it. Um, but you know, I mean, they did it. 11, 11 straight across the entire fifty-three and a third. Um, and he's and they, and they use a rollout. They get the kid going. I just, I'm not a. I don't know how you feel about the rugby kick. I want. Snap, kick, away. I mean... If you know, if you have somebody that can teach the kid rugby punt correctly, I think you're fine. I think if you don't know... It, it's If not, the best place is let, let like freshmen and JV trial and error. Let, see, here's the, here's the great thing about... And I, I view this for offense, defense, special teams. Freshman and JV ball is your trial ground. I mean, I'll, I mean by the time this comes out, the video already came out, but... Um, Tuesday, I have a video with Dave, interview with Dave Ramsey. Not Dave, not Dave Ramsey, Jesus. Danny Ramsey. Danny, Danny's a buddy of mine in Texas. I say Dave, Dave Ramsey because I'm a business teacher, and he's obviously one of the, the one of the schools of thought in terms of personal finance. Uh, but Danny Ramsey is an offensive coordinator in the great state of Texas. Um, Danny, Danny talked about on on that interview podcast, whatever you want to call it, about. Um, using freshman and JV as an experiment. There's plays and formations he has that he, they, they, they haven't run yet in varsity, um, but he gives it to his JV freshman coaches to run down there to see how it worked, get it on film, and see how somebody, one, somebody adjusted to it, B, did, did it work? Okay, can we run that now at the varsity level? Do we need to tinker with stuff because it didn't really work? Is it a scheme problem or is it a technique problem? Is it an alignment problem? How, and that's, I think, the best way to test it. If you don't want to use it at varsity yet, you're unsure, do it for JV or freshman. Or, heck, if you guys have control of your middle school program, like, have your middle school do it. I mean, teach them up, up, and have them do it. I mean, that's that's the other easy way. Personally, I, I mean, if rugby works for you, it works. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, it causes some problems for them in terms of rush. But here's the other thing. You're not going to get the looks college gets. That's the other thing, where they rush three or four people. I mean that's, I mean college film is about useless for us most of the time, in terms of yeah, like for special teams. Yeah, in, in terms in, in terms of punt, I think the rest you're mostly fine, but in terms of punt, yeah. I mean, at least in what punt rush you might see, it's about useless because I'm not going to see most of those punt rushes. I mean they bring three yeah. or four, yeah. the rest kind of sit there in like a spy technique. I mean you're just not, it's useless, in my opinion, for us high school guys. Because I'll see a rush most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much, uh, no, just my first year as a special teams coach, like I said. Um, I 
I've always done uh, wide receivers and DBs. I know that's what you do. Um, when I was at NASA, we had a huge staff. So it was like 11 guys. They just wanted me to wide receivers. They didn't want me. You know, it was one of those. So you've been in those programs where it's like, that's your baby. You make sure the wide receivers are doing what they need to do. Or else you're going to hear it from the head. Yeah. You know, and it's just wide receivers. Um, and then like, you know, I've coached G. I've done wide receivers, helping out with special teams, DBs, doing JV on Monday. So, yeah, um, just just my experiences. But I'm I'm only 27, so I'm I'm I love clinics. I love learning. Uh, but that I mean, I know uh, what kind of obviously you got. What what is the Ohio um, State clinic? Oh, what what were What's your clinic schedule like in a normal year? No. Um, normal oh, no. normal year, we're Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, Thursday is a half day because people are obviously have school that day. Um, and most most of the state takes that Friday off in terms of a personal day or professional development day. Um, and then Saturday is just usually the first half of the day. Um, Thursday night is like your keynote speakers. Some of your big like we'll get like three or four Big Ten speakers. The National Guard will speak. Um, usually like Kirk, uh, Pat Fitzgerald's there, uh, a strength coach of some kind usually. Um, Friday morning, the Ohio State head coach will speak. Um, and then we'll have like two or three other speakers that morning. And then um, there are kind of more keynotes. Um, and then usually go lunch and then come back. You have breakout rooms for about four hours. Um, and then it's your... Uh, High School Football Coaches Association dinner. They give out awards and you have a speaker and all that lovely stuff. But usually it isn't football. It's like a culture talk or something. Um, some people may go that. Some people choose not to and just go out do festivities and hang out instead. And then Saturday mornings, like two two or three speakers and then breakout rooms. This year, um, by the time this airs, I mean, you can still sign up for it because the videos are just going to stay there. $15, 100 we're aiming for 100 speakers. We have 105 people committed. Whether that all pans out, who knows. I've had one cancel on me this week. Um, and it'll all be digital, pre-recorded. So you can just watch them wherever you want. We have some good people on there. Um, uh, Jimmy Flynn, special teams at St. X, will be there. I mean, he's probably, and I, I would say probably one of the best special teams coordinators in the country. He just coaches at NAIA school. Um, oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Jim, Jimmy's, Jimmy's a stud. Um who else do we got to do in special teams? I don't even remember off the top of my head. I get, I mean, like I said, I got 105 coaches I got to yeah. memorize and keep track of. Um, Dan Beard at Millersville in Pennsylvania did a special teams clinic. Um, Sumption College's um, special teams coordinator is attentive for a clinic. Um, There's a couple other ones. I had got an email back from another D3. They're going to talk special teams. So, I mean, like I so said, we'll, we'll, we'll have the variety of special teams, office, defense, culture. Slash program development, whatever you want, how do you ever you want to classify that? So I mean, yeah. it'll be good. And like I said, it does it doesn't have to be Ohio coaches, Ohio State coaches going to sign up for it too. It's fifteen bucks. It ain't bad. Um, that's yeah, that's a part. Cause I mean, when you go to the in person clinics, they charge you a hundred usually. Oh yeah, and, and I mean ours normally in person is like sixty five, seventy five. Um, I think if you pick, if you do it early enough, it's like forty five or fifty five uh, if you register ahead of time. But I mean, part of that is I mean you got to rent. The hotel and the yeah. and the, yep. and the hall and um, pay for a bunch of stuff. So I get that. 
Um, but this year, essentially, you're just paying dues. I mean, that's about it. Um, so, I mean, we don't, I mean, I, I know Michigan's still like 100, but they also provide liability insurance for coaches. So I get why theirs is so expensive. You need the clinic plus the liability insurance. Like, liability insurance ain't cheap. So, like, I, I get it, like, 100%, because my buddy helps run that one. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's a normal year. Like I said, uh, if you haven't signed up for the Ohio Clinic, there, shameless plug, there it is. Okay? If you want, you don't have to. If you don't want to, we got a lot of speakers. So, 